It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? It's your host, the real Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott. Today we have special guest Richard Stamen, a.k.a. Mavs Draft from the Locked On NBA Big Board. We're going to talk about Bilal Kolobawi. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by the, MB- the by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so I, I butchered uh, Blau's last name. It's Kula uh, Mavs Draft. How do you say it? <laughs> Kula Bali. Kula Bali. Okay, there you go. So I, I've said it many times. It just kind of kind of escaped me there. So um, how you feeling today, man? I'm excited. Uh, obviously, some more news broke literally right before we even recorded. The whole Bradley mm-hmm. Beal you yeah. know, might be now closer to negative trade yeah. value at this point, which is wild. Uh, and also, I, I don't have my, uh, my my John Wall shirt. So I'm a mixed <laughs> bag, man. It's a real mixed bag. <laughs> yeah, Mavs Draft, he's, he's, a, he's somewhat of a Wizards fan. As you guys remember, remember last year, he had his John Wall jersey on a couple of times he came on the show as a great guest but we're, we're definitely gonna, we're going to talk about the bradley bill news probably tomorrow or next week but um it's unfortunate news but i mean with the contract it makes sense it makes a lot of sense so um you were at the nba draft combine um you did say that west Onso jr was really active so who were some guys that stood out to you to, at the combine before we do get to Bilal, and uh who were some guys that you thought that west Onso jr really really um talked to a lot or that you got to see him kind of interview a lot yeah I think Kaysen Wallace, I think he's somebody who immediately pops. I know in his pro day with Excel, which was probably the most crowded pro day, I would say that was happening in Chicago. Uh, Kaysen Wallace just, he was hitting threes. He was showing off explosiveness and Wes Unsell Jr. was there at the time. They didn't have a GM. So he was kind of their main representative from everything I saw. 
Um, but I really liked him a lot. I think, I think he's somebody that made himself stand out. I think Brandon Pazemski is another guy who I, I know the Wizards were at uh, the combine scrimmages, as were every other team. And Pazemski stood out, and also he was the second best player probably and played the second day of combine scrimmages, which no one else did. So even though they don't have a pick in his range immediately, it could be something where, hey, if the Wizards want to get back in the 20s, which I fully support given the odd state the Wizards are in right now, where you have to kind of just get as much talent as possible at the best chances, Pazemski could be somebody that I think they would really like. Yeah. Okay. So, so Wes, he talked to Kassan. I know Kassan had a workout with us again, and then he canceled his workout with the Hawks, which couldn't mean it could mean nothing. Um, and then you brought up a good point that the new GMs are here, the new front office is here, so they could have a whole different kind of way of thinking from Wes. But uh, it was intriguing that Wes was very vocal at that time uh, at the combine representing the Wizards. Uh, Kassan's a great player. Pajinski's a good player, and the Wizards, I think they should try to get a first round, another first round pick if they can. They do have three second round picks this year, so we'll see how that goes. But um, about Bilal, where do you have him ranked on your big board? Um, and if you could tell us about his story, um, because we know that he played kind of on not the JV team, but he played on the uh, on the uh, younger team, and then he went up to the team with Victor Wimbayama. But how has he really jumped onto the scene in the past couple weeks or months uh, since the playoffs yeah. started for that week? Yeah, I have Bilal in number twenty right now on my board. I go back and forth. The big concern for me is just he's not much of a jump shooter. It's a very slow shot, very wide base. He gets blocked on it a good amount. It's very easy to contest. That stuff alarms me. But you look at the length, he's about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, with, with an easy 7-foot-plus wingspan. He's got, I think, just one of the better feel for the games. The cutting is where it really pops. He's an outstanding defender, going to be able to guard, honestly, one through four at a minimum. So I really like that. Great athlete as well. He has long strides as a slasher. That's something I always look for. Um, so I really like that. It really just comes down to the shooting. And, you know, he can find foul trouble a little bit too much and, and just kind of feeds into lack of discipline. But a little bit of how he got onto the scene. He's been playing with Victor Wembanyama for quite some time. The French national teams are the same age, roughly. Uh, Bilal's actually like a year younger, year and a half younger. But they generally have been playing in the same competition. And it took a while for scouts to notice, hey, who's this guy next to him that keeps making these crazy dunks, outstanding cuts, is always at the right spots at the right time. And that was Bilal Kulabali. And really come January or February, he came onto the scene. And he's ever since then, like, it really helps also that since May, there's been no basketball, or April, actually, even. There's been no basketball. The last two months have been his and Victor's floor with some of the other international guys, but mostly them because they're, you know, title contending team in their French league. That's why he, he has popped onto the scene. So it's been a really intri- interesting story, uh, really unique, I'd say, for any European player to come on this late. Generally, it's some of these re-watching some tape. That's how these guys rise. But, like, he's doing it through live basketball. Right. And do you see him potentially going in, in the lottery? I, I think so. I think some of that stuff is a little bit smoky where it's like, oh, he's going to go up to eight or nine. I don't, I don't know if that's true. Uh, although – NBA teams and sports teams in general do operate a lot off of recency bias. It could happen. I think he's closer to 11 through 14 than 8 or 9 or 10. Right. Right. Okay. All right. We're going to get into a quick break before we get to Brandon's question. And before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you're looking, if you're having a tough, tough, a tough time getting Nationals tickets or Orioles tickets or Mystics tickets or any tickets, uh, to any concerts in the DMV area, definitely use the Game Time app. 
Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. You get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a four fifty-five meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly. An AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Locked on, NBA, mock, Locked on NBA's mock draft special is here, and it's bigger than ever. Follow along in the entire first round in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Brandon, you can go ahead. Yes, sir. So I'm, I'm going to dive right into level of competition and looking at some of his strengths and some of the areas he needs to work on. Um, you know, looking at players that play in foreign leagues, you know, obviously every league is different. Some leagues are more defense. Some are not more offense. You know, looking at the L uh, LNB Pro A, I, I got to tell you, they are a defensive league. They play some dog defense. And, you know, looking at Bilal, man, you know, he, defensively, I mean, he can defend multiple positions. You know, defensively, he's a dog. You know, his closeouts, you know, the way he can alter shots, I like. So, you know, looking at a potential fit, do you see him as a guy who, you know, do you see any adjustment for him sliding into the NBA game? Like, obviously, you know, kind of like Denny Avia coming from a, a foreign league where the defense is there already. Do you see any adjustment offensively? Can he can he start? Can he come off the bench? Or do you see him more of a developmental type of dude? A little bit of the last two. I think he's more off the bench developmental. Depends on the team. If you're trying to be a team that's in the play-in, he's going to lean towards that developmental and, you know, matchup dependent. But I think with him, it's, it comes down to, look, he's going to be able to cut. He's going to know where to be offensively. It'll negate some of that just lack of def or excuse me, lack of shooting. Uh, and then also the defense is just, it's outstanding, right? It's uh, that's six, 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 seven, the ideal height to guard just about anybody on the four plus seven plus foot wingspan. So I think that combination is going to get him minutes for especially, I mean, so many teams need defense, right? You can never have enough wing defenders, enough defenders who can guard multiple positions and also finish at the rim really well. If you put him in that very specific role and allow him just to play that role for 15, 20 minutes a night at most as rookie year, I think that's a really 
big upside swing and then, you know, let him only shoot open threes. You don't want him shooting any contested threes or anything like that. I think that would be absolutely beneficial and very pragmatic too. Yeah, because looking at him, like I said, the last this this week I've really delved in, got into his game, man. And I'll say that from an offensive standpoint, he's very athletic. I mean, he's got a burst to, you know, he's got a heck of a first step. You know, the athleticism's there. I mean, it's like wow. Um, the thing is, like you said, his shot, and, and like I said, I can I compared a lot to Denny Avia, current player on the roster, because while the defense is already solid, you know, one, I know one area that Denny struggled with is um his shot release, you know, getting that shot off quicker. And I, and I kind of see that with Bilal, you know, he's got a slower release. He's got to work on that. So, you know, saying that, you know, the fact that he is athletic and he does have the fast first step, do you think he can eventually develop into a guy that can have a consistent jump shot? Or do you think he's more of an athletic guy? Well, it's interesting. So when he was in the second league in France, in France, excuse me, he shot 36% from three, granted one and a half threes a game. It wasn't exactly the highest volume. But also in the French main league, uh, he did get to the line quite a bit. Um, or excuse me, I have the, the numbers backwards, I believe. But regardless, in one of the French leagues, it was three-point percentage high, free throw, per- free throw attempts low. But, uh, yeah, looking at it in the second French league, he got to the line just about seven times a game. And that was se- 77% from the free throw line. And generally, free throw percentage is the better indicator. 10 three-point percentage, but having a little bit of both here and there, I think does do a lot for him. The touch, I think, is there. I think that's what matters. But in terms of the form and actually being able to shoot over, you know, a guy who's coming over last minute in the NBA where everyone has long arms, it's far away. I think it's something he could develop. It's just he's got to speed up his shot. The the base, I mean, it's his legs go very far out each way. I think some of that stuff just needs to be tweaked. Okay, and now I'm kind of ask you one more question before I pass the mic. Um, looking at kind of the vision of the team, you know, the, the, obviously the news about Bradley Bill, the vision's kind of shaky. It looks like we're, it's going. It's not going to be a rebuilding team, maybe a retooling team where he might be expected if he indeed is drafted by the Wizards, he might be expected to play minutes off the bench. Do you think that his defensive prowess is enough? to give him significant minutes, even though his offensive tool bag may not be there yet. Do you think his defense is good enough to kind of automatically give him minutes off the bench for a team that is trying to get a playoff position? I think so, especially when you consider just how few or how many games guys generally miss. There's always going to be times where you go, all right, someone starter is out. We've got somebody who can come in. I mean, the Wizards also, if I'm not mistaken, when they were, I don't know if they've made the playoffs with him on the roster, but Isak Bongo, right? Like he was supposed to be that defensive guy. Sorry to, sorry to, I'm so sorry to bring that name back. But I remember against the Mavs, he did some stuff too. Like he, it hurts me just as much as it hurts you. But you know, similar size, actually, like in terms of a very raw outlook of like you know ball skills uh, in theory, defense size, no jump shot. There's some overlap, but Bilal is just so much better at a younger age and so much more fluid. But I think for me, it just comes down to you look at how he's always going to be able to carve out a role because he has that dynamic defense that has already been proven to win overseas at a professional level. Plus he's very efficient at the rim. I just, I have a hard time finding it, finding him not sticking in any capacity where it's like, look, yeah, he can't shoot, but I don't think that's ever going to hold him back outside of a few games when he's just missing. He's not going to be much of a negative because he makes up for it by impacting the game so much without even scoring. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I said, I'm big on this guy. Um, I'm a believer that the Washington Wizards need to get another first-round pick. 
because if we can come out of this draft with Casey Wallace and Bilal, because I'm saying Bilal to me is really one up my board because his athleticism is is crazy. I mean, he can his his first step is nice. He can defend. I mean, he's dunking on folks. So, like you said, if he can uh, eventually bring along a jump shot, I'll be very happy. But you know, defense goes a long way because I, you know, the, the biggest thing about foreign leagues is for a long time you mainly saw shooters, you know, Stojakovic's, you know, it wasn't a really, a lot of European guys or even Australian, even, you know, foreign leagues, period, were known for defense. And now you're starting to see a lot of guys come out of these leagues who are dogs on defense. So, you know, I'm with you, man. You know, his defensive capability is intriguing. So. Yeah. And I mean, the Wizards had a bottom 10 in defense this last year. So like, it's not just an upside play just for the sake of an upside play. It's truly, he fills a need. Yeah, and uh, so his, his defense is great. His athleticism is great. So wh- where are you? what from his offensive game do you see translating to the NBA? I know he has a nice Euro step. He can finish with the left hand. You watch some of the playoffs. He really went to his left uh, a good amount of times. And, of course, he's, he's a strong finisher. So what, what do you see uh, translating from his game, his offensive yeah, game? Yeah, I think it's going to be finishing at the rim and playmaking for others in a very simple way will go a long way. Um, and then also just the defense. I think those are those are the three areas where he doesn't it, – it's such a simple scouting outlook on him, but it really is just, hey, like he finds ways on pick and rolls, right? He sees the roll man trapped on the left side. He'll come up on the right side. Even if it's not necessarily great spacing, it still is a hole within the defense. He just sees the holes very well, I think, and that's what makes him just such a strong, uh, just effective cutter and finishers, he knows where the holes are and he knows how to identify them, act on them. Even if he's not shooting, he catches his defenders off guard. Like if you're facing a defender who is not face guarding you, he's going to beat him. Right. All right. And then there's some numbers I found uh, from Sam Vecini. He brought up in the half court that he averaged just 5.1 shot attempts per 36 minutes in the half court setting with the Metropolitans this season, um, which is not a lot. And it shows that he's more of like a transition guy. Now, would you take, stock into that into those numbers there would you take stock into that if you were a gm okay so for a lot of times yes i do think those numbers matter my thing with Bilal is especially when you look at how young he is playing in such a high level league half court i think a lot of that stuff can it means more if you're a primarily slashing guy like if you're the one if you're doing isis from the top of the key getting to the rim yeah it matters but that's just not what Bilal is doing it's very rare he does more he might have a few triple threat drives out, out from the top of the key or the side. It's just so much more rare. His finishing skill really lies in just that he just cuts. Like he, he's on a move from the three-point line without the ball getting to the rim. Like that's where he really gets his best finishing. So for me, yes, I get it. Like as a ball handler, there are concerns about how he'll get to the rim in the NBA from himself. But again, like we've been talking about, like I just I feel like most of his touches at the rim are going to come from cuts. Mm-hmm. All right. And just look at some of his numbers in the playoffs. He, he averaged 8.9 points per game, uh, one assist, one steal, one turnover, three boards, 68% from the free throw line, which is definitely looking for improvement there. And from the three-point line, he shot 23% off of two threes per game. So really does need to improve his outside shot for sure, uh, nine games. But uh, just looking at some of, some of the film, he's really stood out and popped. Um, so he did get an invite to the NBA green, green Room that was just announced today. Uh, for top 20 picks so he, there definitely is some it's really real that he most likely will be drafted in the top 20 at least 
Um, so if you had an NBA comparison, uh, who would you compare him to? And then out of the last prospects, uh, you know, Denny, Johnny, Corey, Rui for the last four years, where do you where would you rank him uh, between those prospects? Uh, <laughs> Uh, let me <laughs> let me think about the wizard picks. Remind me of the list. I know Rui, Denny, uh, and I'm blanking on the other Rui, Denny, Corey, and uh, Johnny. Mr. Taco yeah, not, Bell. Not close. He's number one. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say I think I like Denny a little bit more pre-draft, but knowing what mm-hmm. we know now about just how his game didn't translate as cleanly as we thought, I think mm-hmm. it is him. And Rui was good. Like my order would be Bilal, Denny, Rui, Kispert. Corey's good though. Like I think he's like I for whatever reason, and I know I, I caught Flack a long time ago with Wizards fans because he shot poorly as a rookie, and I was mm-hmm. probably too hard on him. But <laughs> like he still is somebody who's going to be a very positive player who you can trust in any offense because his shooting's so great off of screens. He can spot up. He's stand still. You can't leave him alone. He defend. He, you you can't leave him if he's in the corner. No help defense from that side. Like you cannot do it. And. I do think he's very good, but that's completely off track with the questions. Balls, I would say, is probably the best, knowing what we know now. Um, the comparison, it's – I'm really bad at comparison, so I do want to mm-hmm. let you know of that. But, like, you look <laughs> at – why can't he be – like, if the ball handling and playmaking really develops, why can't he be, like, Warriors Zigadala? It's, like, kind of a lazy comp. Mm-hmm. And And – I, I don't know. I can't remember if he still had his premier athleticism like he had when he was in Denver and Philly. But, like, if you put that athleticism on him with that level of impact winning without shooting, that's kind of where I see Bilal. And, again, it's kind of a lazy comparison because Iguodal, I feel like, is thrown around every time. There's a six seven six six plus guy that can't shoot but can pass and defend. But at the same time, like, it is the impact. Like, that is what he is for Metropolitans. Yeah, I was thinking uh, Sean Marion just because the athleticism. Of course, not the funky, weird shot like from that. the chest, <laughs> um, but just <laughs> just off the athleticism. Sean Marion actually uh, became a, a solid three point shooter with that shooting form. But uh, I was just thinking he just needs a point guard, and the Wizards don't really have a point guard that can set him up like that at this point with lobs and oops and transition stuff. Um, but I was just thinking that just off of a standpoint. Sean Marion was a heck of a cutter. He was a heck of a defender. Uh, just an athlete, and I, that's what I see Bilal as. But I do think Bilal has some ball handling um, and some shiftiness to him where he he can be somewhat of a, a creator. So that's that's just the upside with him. I do think he has the highest floor maybe in that range that he's in right now and probably the lowest ceiling. Like he probably is the biggest boom or bust uh, prospect in, in, in the draft right now. I know a lot of – some people are even, you know, comparing him to how Sekou um, – I'm probably going to butcher his last name too from the Pistons where Sekou had such a high ceiling <laughs> – and a low floor as well. So um, I could I could see Blau kind of falling anywhere in his career trajectory. He's just such a mystery box of a player. Yeah, he's he's going to be someone very interesting to watch. And, you know, I'd say this as a scarred Mavs fan that had to watch this happen to him in 2013. But, I mean, if he goes 13th, like, I'm going to be – I'm going to – I'm scared because that's where Giannis went, right? I've seen people mm-hmm. throw around, like, what if he has that Giannis upside of, like, he's super young – and I don't think, first of all, for me, I don't compare players to all-stars unless, like, it's the top five prospects. Like, mm. it's really hard for me to because all-stars are rare. Like, that caliber of a player is rare. Like, it's, what, 35, 40 players to so that caliber of 450 players. Like, the odds just aren't there. So I'm generally hesitant to compare guys to that. But I do think if, like, look, if there was ever somebody to model his game after the lack of shooting, the feel for the game, he impacts his game early, has growable, scalable ball skills, 
it could be him. And he's so freakishly athletic. Like you imagine him the same way Giannis filled out his frame. There's a lot. I don't think he's actually honest, but again, there is like that what if scenario. Mm. Yeah, he's just got to get in the weight room like Giannis did. I mean, you can say that for every prospect coming out, but Giannis really, really got in the weight room. And uh, if Blau bulks up, man, he could, he definitely could be a scary uh, prospect into the to the basket with that athleticism. So, Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Um, Brandon, do you have anything else? Yeah, I got one more question. Um, comparing him to the situation with Denny Avia. Um, I'm a believer that with Denny Avia... He his career trajectory would have been different if he went to a rebuilding team where he could kind of develop, you know, and, and really work on that shop. So looking at Bilal, what do you think is the best course of action for him as far as his career? Do you think, you know, obviously he could come in, play defense and contribute to a team looking to make the playoffs. But as far as his development and his trajectory, as far as his career, is he best served on a rebuilding team? Or do you think getting that playing minutes off the bench is better for him? A little bit of both. I mean, it's always hard to say, like, what team is going to do what. Washington actually might be a good landing spot just because if they do finally pull the trigger and boom, like, Washington is now top five pick next year, it might be really good for him. But at the same time, are you going to just have him sit in the corner and not even cut? Like, that could be a really detrimental thing to his offense. The defense still could be there. But the problem is with his range – once a team like Detroit or something trades in for a second pick or, or Charlotte uh, for the first round, like, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to really get him in a comfortable spot. Like, and, and right now as NBA, there's no truly, like, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's no team right now that's about to hit year one of a hard rebuild. Like, if they are, San Antonio kind of was that, but they got one Banyama, so that's over. But I think for me it's, if you had to draw the ideal spot, it'd be somewhere where it's just unlimited offensive freedom. Like let him play in a flow offense, a motion offense where it's constant movement, constant ball movement. You cannot put him in like a, a ball dominant guards situation. Like I, I would hate him in Dallas personally. Yes. The cuts would be fun, but I don't think he hits a full development. He's going to be more, you're like, if you're putting him in that situation, you're developing him to be just a high end role player. If you're letting him try to get a star upside, like, yeah, he should be going to a team that can afford to develop him like that. And, and again, Detroit, someone of the teams that's picking in the top five outside of Portland, I think would be really good for him. Yeah, I agree. But I think as far as a fit in Washington, here's my thing, especially going back to our previous draft picks, is that, you know, yeah, under Scott Brooks, he was hanging out in the corner. You know, he, they weren't utilizing Denny. You know, when they put the ball in his hands, he responded. You know, he's one of those players where he needs the ball in his hands. And with Bilal, I think that if indeed we do draft him and we want to see him be successful here in D.C., you know, play to his strengths, you know, 
put the ball in his hands because, I mean, you know, let him slash. Like you said, let him slash. Let him do his thing. You know, I think that's success overall with the Wizards. Just find the strengths and the minuses with your with your roster and play to the strengths. Because especially with Bradley Bill, you know, with the news, you know, the likelihood of him staying is, is very high. So to build around Bill, you want to play to his strengths. And obviously we have to hit in this draft. And that's why I believe that we need another first-round pick because, you know, with that contract, with that Supermax, we've got to find talent through the draft and these other avenues because we're not going to be able to afford these free agents with that contract. So, you know, if you could pick up Bilal, like I said, his athleticism wows me because it's just I have a whole new respect for a lot of foreign leagues now because, like I said, it varies. Some leagues, you know, defense is not a priority, you know, and I'm very hard on them. But when I looked at this league, man, they're dogs. I mean, they're in their. I mean, I was watching the tape this morning, man, and they're in your face. I mean, it, it is tough to score in that league. And so you got to be athletic to be able to slash in that league. So it's just, it's a whole new era in basketball internationally. Because, like I said, when I was growing up, man, you know, you were a lot of the foreign players, Siakovich's, you know, that's, an, you know, they were known to be shooters, you know, finesse guys, guys that aren't really known for defense, but can light up shooting. But now it's different because, look, Yo can show you, man. <laughs> Look, they can ball. These foreign players can ball, and they can come into the NBA, and they can contribute. And if you look at the, you know, Jokic, he was a second-round pick. So if you're able to hit on a guy like Bilal, I'm all for it, especially if you can come out this draft with Bilal and Kaysen. I'm just saying. So <laughs> I'm very, very intrigued. Yeah, I, I would love Bilal and Kaysen. I think that changes not only the identity of the Wizards, but it also makes them such a better team now. I'd love that. Yeah, same here. So, E, I'm going to ask you, um, if you are able to pick up Bilal and another guy in his draft, are you picking Anthony Black still, or are you rolling with Casey Wallace? That's a good question. Um, if, if you're saying if we could trade up to, like, pick 15 and get Bilal? Oh, absolutely. Something like that. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, that's a good question, man. Um, Anthony Black or Kassan Wallace? I'd probably still go Anthony Black. I just like his creation. I do okay. like Hassan though because he can he can shoot better than Anthony Black. But right now, since we do have a new front office and a new developmental system, I would go with Anthony Black. Now, if Tommy Shepard was still here, I'd probably just go with Hassan because Hassan is probably more of a sure thing than Anthony Black, in my opinion. Um, so I, I go with Anthony Black. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, like you said, under Tommy, man, he would mm-hmm. probably shoot for the the only New Zealand guy that plays in siberia i mean we all know how tommy was man but now nah, i can dig it i mean my thing is if you can get both i'd rather get a guy who already has offensive potential mm-hmm. and i don't want to draft two guys who both can play defense but because i know anthony black i love his size and i love his drive i know the shot is one of the one of the questions for him so if you're able to get Bilal, i'd rather go casing because i don't want to get two guys who both need to work on their offensive game so that's right. that's where i'm at but i can dig yeah. it yeah, no, I, I totally understand. That's a, that's, a, that's a really good question. So, um, Rich, uh, a.k.a. Mass Draft, is there anything you want to promote before we uh, end, wrap it up? Locked on NBA Big Board. We're in the final stretch. We're, as of recording, eight days out, which uh, doesn't feel real at this point. Uh, but we're on there every day. Like, uh, like every other Locked On podcast, we are free everywhere you listen. Um, so we're doing a lot there. But my Twitter's going to have most of my stuff where – I'm promoting, you know, big boards, community mock drafts, things like that. Um, 
trying to get scouting reports and I'll do this throughout, you know, after the draft too, but uh, scouting reports of almost every player in the top 100. So if you're trying to look him up and say like, who's this guy on the wizard summer league roster, boom, I got you. Like no one else is covering that. So mm. uh, any, everything flows through my Twitter at maps draft. Right. I know you had Yannick Zos on there, right? But oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about him. That's I. I was like, who? And I, I knew that name so long. I was like, this? But yeah, yeah, I, I forgot it. <laughs> I was very quick to forget him because he was God, youngest yeah. player in the draft with no skill. <laughs> but he is an extreme defender. <laughs> oh man! All right, and then we'll wrap it up. But last thing, uh, you, just real quick, if, if the Wizards did pick Bilal at pick eight, what grade would you give? It? You can just get real quick. We're gonna wrap it up. If they pick him at eight, yeah. On a scale of like one to ten, I think it's like seven and a half. It's a good pick. It's a Hold little on. bit of a reach, but like I justify it, right? Where it's, I, I again, I I want to make sure he's not just sitting in the corner, mm-hmm. but that's my one reservation. I think it'd be mostly good. More like more good comes from it, right? Immediate improvement. It helps you get back to the playoffs. The big question is: Is it long term development or no? Right. All right, thank you for coming on, man. We just want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys check them out. Check out uh, Mavs Draft on Locked On NBA Big Board. Make sure you guys uh, check us out for tomorrow. We're going to be talking more draft and, of course, the Bradley Bill talk and Porzingis talk. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe and hit the notification bell and subscribe wherever you guys get a podcast. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.